Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to Puma Podcast. It's the era of shopping apps, homegrown businesses on social media, instant deliveries, and packages arriving at your doorstep on a regular basis. Shopping, food, and entertainment have all found a place online. So around the world, malls have been in decline. In the U.S., large abandoned malls have been the subject of urban photography, a trend that started long before pandemic lockdowns happened. One would think that the time of the mall has passed. But in the Philippines? Malls are alive, kicking, and even growing. But what is it about our culture that brings us to malls? Could our fondness for malls be rooted in our history? Welcome to WhatsApp, Araling Palipunan Rebooted, the podcast that looks at Philippine history with fresh eyes. I'm Sab Schnabel, a historian and a comedian who has worked for Carlos Saldran, the National Museum of the Philippines, and the Guggenheim in Venice. And I wanted to be a ballerina skater when I grew up, so I used to go to the mall to press my nose against the ice skating rinks and get jealous of the skaters who would flit across the ice like miracles. Hi, I'm Nina Taralba, the producer of this show. I'm chiming in because I used to be one of those skaters. Team Mega Mall represent... Jealous! I wanted to be a figure skater so badly when I was a kid. And I'm Siege Tantanko, reporter and history nerd. And I was actually an SM Star Club pageant girl in the mall when I was a kid. You were a pageant girl? Yeah, I wasn't just a pageant girl. You're looking at the 1998 second runner-up. We used to go around different SM malls and perform Spice Girl songs. All hail! And I won most photogenic. Some things never change. But wait, what was your talent? Did you dance? Did you sing one of those Disney princess songs? Martial arts? What? Nope, nope, and nope. I recited a poem by Jose Rizal. You are such a dork. This is why we're friends. Yeah, well, enough about me. I think we all have a mall story, so we asked some of our friends and family to share their own. Hello, this is Faith. And I used to frequent SM Mega Mall a lot before because I used to live in Mandaluyong. And my high school friends and I really liked going there just to walk around, enjoy the air conditioning, and also wait for some Bob Ong books to be released in National Bookstore. And when we're tired, we go to the food court just to eat Pautsin because it's all that we could afford back then. But we just enjoy each other's company. My fondest memories of SM was probably 1970s when I was in grade school, late 70s. Punta kami sa, in, in particular kami ng inako, she would bring me to Schumart, dyan sa Aurora. Every year, she will bring me and my brothers there. Malaki yung shelves, marami yung shoes relative to all the other stores. 
I mean, the smell of <laughs> of black leather to this day reminds me of those early days when my when my mother would bring us and help us to prepare for the coming school years. And everyone has their home mall. Mine was SM City North Edsa. When I was a little kid, my parents used to take me to the mall to watch how the Auntie Anne stores made pretzels. My mall was the Mall of Asia. I grew up in Tambo, and I remember when the only thing standing out on the reclaimed land was Moa and the church. Basically the essentials of your average Filipino family's day out on a Sunday. Speaking of essentials, let's go back in time and examine how mall culture came to flourish in the Philippines. Humans are social animals, and from the beginning of our history, we've been coming together with other humans. Filipinos were no exception. We have been finding spots to congregate and socialize for eons. We sat down with an anthropologist to figure out where this get-together culture came from. So I am Professor Nestor Castro. I'm a cultural anthropologist. I'm teaching at UP Diliman. What was it like the first time you really got to visit a mall? So uh, my first memory there was just going around, looking at the shops that were there. So they sell a lot of things. There were also food stalls during that time. You could buy retail goods. You could also eat. You could watch a movie. But congregating and socializing looked very different when Filipinos first started doing it. Professor Castro, take us back in time. It was already there during the pre-Hispanic period, but of course, on a smaller scale. For example, in the Cordillera region, uh, merong, specifically in Mountain Province and Ifugao, meron silang tinatawag na Ator or Ato. It's a congregation place. So, ano siya, talagang merong cobblestones, and then may mga stones na naka, nakatayo para makakasandal ka. So it's a meeting place. People go there if there's a deliberation within the village about certain issues. Just to relax at night, especially in the Cordillera region, malamig. So magbo-bonfire sila ro, naroon sila, nag-chat-chant. So meron ng places of congregation in the past. Different from family spaces, ano? Kasi sa bawat bahay may silong na pwede kang uh, merong long bench doon na humihilata ka, nagpapahinga ka pag mainit. So merong ganun, pero may mga places kung saan nagtitipon-tipon kayo na community members, magkukwentuhan, magchichismisan, magkukutuhan, magde-decision making. These people in the Cordillera region have been getting together like this since before the time of the Spanish conquest. The Spanish arrived and built their cities around squares with important buildings around the perimeter. These squares were called plazas. Pero during the Spanish colonial period, lumaki na nang lumaki ang mga public spaces na ito, hindi na in sitios or purok, yung maliliit na communities, kundi sa mga pueblo na. So, there's one plaza for the entire municipality at meron tayong tinatawag na plaza complex copied from 
basically Latin America kasi we were governed through Mexico by Spain. So, sa public plaza na yon sa tapat, andun ang simbahan. Sa kabilang side, andun naman ang municipal hall. Sa kabilang sides, andun naman ang houses ng mga rich people. So, doon na ang congregation place. Kaya yung mga taga-barrio, barangay na tinatawag natin ngayon, they would go to the town center para magpahinga sa plaza. Tapos, meron na rin mga public events dito sa mga plaza during the Spanish colonial period. So, plazas were more than just a place to get together. They were the centers of social life during this period. They had the church, the government buildings, and even the houses of the wealthy. Plazas were also centers of entertainment. It's where people would gather to celebrate, mourn, or just be. Meron mga pagtugtog ng mga banda, performances, may mga kakanta rin. Meron ding binibitay sa plaza during the Spanish colonial period, yung mga rebels or mga tulisan. On public display silang hinahang o ginagarote. So pinapanood din ng mga tao, whether you like it or not. Ano? Yung iba, syempre, usyoso, ay mga tulisan kasi yan, mga rebelde kasi yan. Or naawa ka sa kanila. So ganun din ang isang function ng plaza. So it became a power center for the Spanish, yung plaza. At habang lumalayo ang bahay mo sa plaza, you're going into the margins. Pag ikaw nakatira malapit sa plaza, wow, elite siya, wow, ilustrado, wow, mayaman. Pag taga-boondocks ka, ay malayo ka, hindi ka na naririnig ng kampana, mga ano na yan, mga mga malayo ang allegiance nila sa Spanish government. Ngayon, marami sa ating mga old municipalities and old cities still have this old plazas. Ano? Plaza Dilaw, halimbawa sa Santa Ana, Manila, Plaza Miranda. So may mga ganyang mga plazas up to now. Pero of course, iba na ang function during the American period. Dito na ginagawa ang mga political rallies of vying political parties. So yun, nagbabago ng nagbabago, but it's still a public space. So during the Spanish times, this place of congregation was at the center of life and the center of cities geographically. Many of these plazas are still around, but they have gone from shady, leafy places to hang out to dusty, loud areas that are noisy and admittedly a little unpleasant. So we started to leave the plazas for other places to hang out. And then during the American period, definitely Escolta was the place to go. Pasyalan where mga pinakausong damit doon nabibili dahil wala pa talagang mga RTW noon. Ano? You have to go to Escolta to buy shoes, to buy clothes, to buy gadgets, mga ganyan. Then, much, much later, dumami ng ganyan. Hindi na lang sa Escolta dahil nagkaroon na ng consumerism, bringing consumer items to the public. So, kaya nagkaroon na ng mga groceries, mini shopping centers sa bawat districts of Manila at saka sa bawat municipality. Suddenly, the center of the world was no longer that plaza with a church and a government building. 
it was the city street where you could buy things. After individual shops, a new invention changed everything. Aircon! We went indoors to escape the heat, and that was how department stores finally came to our shores. Department store will be bigger one, usually multi-floor na yan. Hindi na lang, kasi the first time na merong mga escalators. <laughs> Dati nga, ano, maglalaro-laro pa ang mga tao going up, going down. Sa mga department store na yan, ano, hindi lang one-floor shopping center. So, alam mo, ah, you have to go up to the second floor to buy this. So, may division. Within a department store, anong section ang for women's clothing, anong men's clothing, anong shoes, anong school supplies. Ganyan ang ka-arranged ang department store. Americans brought the shopping center to us during their occupation. Decades later, their malls would inspire our own as well. The first malls were really copied based on the American model of what a mall is. But then it evolved and evolved further. So there are now multiple functions of a mall. So you could go there to shop, to dine, to watch a movie. You could also go there to hear mass. This is something new and you don't see that in malls abroad. The mall eventually replaced the public plazas. Ngayon, ang mga plaza only for ceremonial events such as wreath laying under the statue of Dr. Jose Rizal or Andres Bonifacio or if there's a band because it's the araw of so-and-so bayan or tambayan ng mga kung sino-sino nagpipick up ng women habang nagiging popular ang malls nagde-decline ang use ng plaza So that's how, little by little, and by that I mean over several hundred years, the town square was replaced by our malls. Squares used to be green spaces where we could hang out, but those plazas have become concrete jungles full of cars and exhaust. So instead, we brought the party to various atriums and pavilions inside malls. We started out with shopping centers. These were small collections of shops that sold in one area. The first building that could be considered a shopping center in the Philippines was the Crystal Arcade that went up in 1932. The Manila of the 1930s was a beautiful place. It was this version of Manila that got the nickname Pearl of the Orient. And at the time, it was full of art deco architecture like the Crystal Arcade with its glass-fronted stores and it sold all sorts of imported goods. The Crystal Arcade was one of the first buildings to have air conditioning in the Philippines and we have been searching for it ever since. But the Crystal Arcade wasn't a mall just yet, just a shopping center with a cafe. It wasn't a place to go with movie theaters, restaurants, and all the entertainment you can look for. You would go in, do your shopping, and leave. There were department stores and shopping centers in Carriedo in Manila. When I was very young in the elementary, my parents would bring me to Escolta to buy shoes. So that was the place to go then. But you went to a particular shop for something very specific. To buy shoes, for example. It was not a place where you could do many things. Now, in the mall, it's just not one shop. 
usually a mall would have alleys. So you could walk around, look at the glass panels, what's on display. You could just do window shopping without buying anything. So at first, shopping was much more results-oriented. That makes it sound like project management. It was. There was so much more logistics involved. You had to go to certain places and buy things on the list. You didn't wander around to see what was on offer. Purposeful. The word you are looking for is purposeful. You're right. Shopping back then was much more purposeful. But on the advent of the mall, it started to become more of an event. A happening. Something you would take your family to do. We're talking about Escolta. It wasn't really a family affair kasi ang pupunta ron mga parents to buy things either for them or for their children. Hindi yung kasama ang mga bata, pasyal-pasyal, lakad-lakad. Pero pagdating na ng mga department stores, meron ng iba't-ibang sections and some of them are devoted for children. Ano? Toy section. Sa atin kasi talagang papipiliin yung bata. Lalo na pag magpapasko. Ano, what would you like to buy? Or what would I buy for you? For your birthday? Or for the inaanak? Halimbawa, during Christmas time, it became a family activity. Hindi na lang yung parents or yung mga elders. But malls as we know them today didn't just happen overnight. Many of the innovations we see in the modern mall happened thanks to the late Henry C., one of the most prominent businessmen in Philippine history. Henry C. and his family originally came from China, migrated to Manila during the American period, then moved back after the family store was destroyed by World War II. However, Henry opted to stay behind in the Philippines. He opened a few shoe stores called Plaza, Paris, and Park Avenue. He didn't open his first shoe mart until 1958. First, it was known as Shoe Mart. No? Uh, siguro mga bata hindi na alam anong ibig sabihin ng SM. Ano? And it was in Manila, ano? if I'm not mistaken, in Carriedo. Because it was the place to go to to buy shoes. Shoe Mart was just a shoe store at first, but that changed relatively quickly. We had the chance to sit down with someone who helped turn SM into the giant that it is today and who was mentored by Tatang Henry C. himself. Hi everyone, my name is Steven Tan, president of SM Supermalls. Hi Mr. Tan, um, can you tell us more about your first SM experience? What was the first SM mall that you went to? Of course, it's SM City North Edsa. I felt like I was in America because it was something that I've never seen before, at least here in the Philippines. Because Mr. C patterned the malls that we put up earlier days, no? In like the American malls. He went to the States and there's an opportunity to put up something like this for the Filipino people. No? So he put it up. As a teenager then, when I went to SMCT North, I felt like I was actually abroad. That was the feeling. In the 70s, I would remember buying my pair of shoes in Avenida. You have a lot of shoe stores, some clothing stores, and some stores that sell uniforms for school and bags. No, it was like that before, until SMCT North Edsa came up. No? So it was really a big change for a young boy like me. Wow! No, so that was the feeling. I saw the transition. 
And that is something I feel that made me feel good and made me also aspire that, you know, one day, you know, I would work hard and be able to afford all these things inside the mall. In the 1970s, Schumart expanded to a department store. This was the beginning of the behemoth that would become SM. You know, SM City North Edsa, which Mr. Tan mentioned earlier? Its story begins in the early 1980s, one of the more volatile periods in the Philippines. 1985 was the worst time to open a mall. On paper. Wasn't it, Mr. Tan? We opened SM City North Edsa at the height of the people's power. It happened February 1986, that's people's power. But of course, months prior to that, there was a lot of demonstration. The Philippine peso was spiraling down and devaluating. The inflation rate was so high. The interest rate was so high. Yet, he took the risk because he believed in our country. He believed in our nation. Tatang Henry C. even believed in the potential of the mall's address, which was at the outskirts of Quezon City and hadn't been developed yet. And in the 1980s, Edsa was not the major artery it is now. It was just a two-lane street. Once he built his mall, the people came. People turned out to see what this giant structure had to offer. And once they had pedestrian traffic, the retailers showed up. Loyal customers kept coming back, and SM North Edsa turned out to be a smashing success. At first, SM North Edsa was a large, echoey shoebox with just the SM department store and the supermarket. But people came anyway, and tenants started to take their places. The first iteration of SM North Edsa only had 125,000 square meters of space. That's close to 17 soccer fields. And it's only grown. Yeah, that number is now 498,000 square meters. That's more than double the original. And its shoebox design has been expanded significantly with green walls, an annex, even a dome. It's virtually unrecognizable as the square edifice it used to be. And though it was originally built in the middle of nowhere, Around it, the land prices skyrocketed because suddenly, North Edza became a place people wanted to build. It became a center of commerce, retail, and entertainment. Bringing development to places that were empty before is a major part of the SM recipe for success. But more than just a successful mall, SM North Edza is a part of the community of North Edza. SM North Edza is also one of the more conscientious malls when it comes to environmentalism. There are solar panels on the roof and a water conservation system that reuses 30% of the water consumed in the mall. SM North Edsa truly has become more than just the little mall that could. And SM continued to expand into more and more retail concepts like it. They even coined their own term for their incredible retail creations, super malls. Mr. Dan, what are some of the other malls that followed SM North Edsa? In the 90s, we opened SM Mega Mall, but that was the height of the energy uh, crisis. We have power failures every now and then. The economy wasn't good as well. And even when we opened Mall of Asia 2006, and it's a global recession during that time, right? But I believe he has his own calculations, and I believe that he, he followed his instinct. And he is a visionary. He can see far. 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, he can see that. Thankfully, 
These risks paid off. And as more and more SM malls opened, they kept offering new things for Filipinos to enjoy. These malls had supermarkets, movie theaters, and even ice skating rinks. SM Mega Mall and Mall of Asia are just some of the amalgamations that have these all for you. You did not just say amalgamations. If they can make up words, I can. Speaking of ice skating rinks, it was SM Mega Mall that had the very first ice skating rink in the Philippines in 1992. By the late 2000s, SM had three ice skating teams from different malls that were even winning medals in international competitions. And in the 2017 SEA Games, the first time that the competition included ice sports, the Philippine team, which trained in SM, won gold. But Mr. Tan, how did Henry C. even think of building ice skating rinks in the Philippines? You cannot imagine an ice skating rink in a tropical country, right? But he sees it the other way. Why not provide a cool place in a tropical country where it's warm and humid? Because the Philippines is so warm, putting up an ice skating rink might actually be very nice and enjoyable for the public. Mall of Asia was one of those malls that shaped our ice skating scene. It housed the country's first Olympic-sized skating rink when it opened in 2006. But more than that, it is the biggest mall in the country. Mr. Tan, you were the first mall manager of Mall of Asia. How does it feel to see its growth now? Mall of Asia? No, who, who would have thought? Even my own friends that would tell me, Stephen, malulugi yan. Right now, Mall of Asia, I believe it's the number one mall in our country. It's the highest in terms of per square meter sales and the productivity. The area where Mall of Asia stands now was exactly like the marshland in Quezon City that would become SM North EDSA. It has truly transformed. Malls transform the places they're in. Sometimes, they help make a city feel more like a city. Take Angono Rizal. Angono? 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 Let's ask an expert. Angono or Angono? Angono, Angono. Looks like we're all welcome in Angono. Ako po si Consiel Patnibay Chamson, tourism officer po ng bayan ng Angono po simula po 2010 to 2015. Naging most outstanding tourism officer of the Philippines noong 2014. Kasulukuyan po, konsihal po ng bayan ng Angono. Mr. Tiamson knows Angono by heart. He was born and raised there. So yung Angono po kasi po, nalapit-lapit po niya sa NCR. Siya po ay munisipalidad, pero hindi siya city. Parang probinsya siya, pero hindi siya probinsya dahil kasi sa lapit niya sa Metro Manila. Karamihan ng mga trabaho, mga taga-angono, ay nagtatrabaho sa Manila, sa NCR. Sa culture naman, ito yung maganda sa angono, kahit malapit siya sa Metro Manila, na maintain niya yung kanyang mga tradisyon at kultura. What tradition and culture, you may ask? Angono has a thriving art scene. It's home to all sorts of artists, including, you know, National Artist for Music, Lucio San Pedro, and National Artist for Visual Arts, Carlos Botong Francisco. No biggie. And it's where you can find the Angono Petroglyphs, aka the oldest known work of art in the country. No wonder Angono is called the arts capital of the Philippines. Maraming galleries, mga artists. So sa Angono, libre yung mag-aral ng art, simula elementary hanggang college. Now, for a long time, there were no malls in Angono. 
if you wanted to go to a mall, you would have to go all the way to Manila or neighboring Taytay. Oh, babiyahi ka pa talaga. Yun. Tapos sabihin mo talaga, luluwas ka ng Manila. Yun, luluwas eh. Nung kabataan ko, sa Cubao, yun yung mga puntahan, yung SM doon, SM, tapos yung Alimon. So, yun yung mga pinakaunang pinuntahan. Tapos, sumunod na mas malapit na mall, Santa Lucia. Tapos, sumunod na mas malapit sa ang ano, SM Taytay. So, sa SM Taytay na ngayon kami nagpupunta. Tapos, 2014 yata or 2015. Pimita ko yung SM Mangono. So, lapit na. So, SM Mangono na lang. It used to take quite the trip from Angono just to go mauling with your family or buy something at the department store. But that changed when SM Center Angono opened nearly a decade ago. And when that mall opened in Angono, it became a hub, not just of shopping, but of what else? Art. Ayan. Ito ang magandaling kasi sa Angono. Dati pa naman, marami ng gallery sa Angono. Nag-offer yung Blanco Museum, yung Miranda Gallery. So, meron din naman ng ganon. Pero, nung dumitaw yung SM Angono, meron na yung parang neutral ground. Alam ba, yung mga estudyante, pwede na ngayon sila mag-exhibit dito. Yung iba ngayon na hindi kasama sa mga art group, meron na ngayon silang venue. Alam mo, photography. Sa isang banda, kinikator din naman sila ng mga museum, pero nakakatulong ngayon ang SM, nakakapagdagdag, para isa pang venue na Madali, puntahan, hindi problema parking, mas accessible yung ginawa ng SM. Mas kumbinyente, mas malamig. Kasi marami kang magagawa. Hindi lang art yung pinunta mo, marami ka pang pwedeng iba, gawing ibang bagay. So kapag nagiintay ka, bago magsimula, meron ka pwede ka mag-ikot-ikot. Hindi na ngayon ka-boring magpunta sa mga exhibit. Dahil kasi, kung di pa mag-start, ikot-ikot ka muna. So the mall was an ideal venue for artists, especially newer, up-and-coming ones. Ang Angono bilang art capital, nakabase ito sa mga tao, sa artist. So, kailangan palagi siya nagpo-produce ng mga artist. Kasi kung hindi na siya magpo-produce ng artist, hindi na siya magiging art capital sa inaharap. Kailangan tuloy-tuloy yung programa na para ka mag-produce ng artist. May mga palibang summer art ang munisipyo na sa SM na rin ginagawa. Pinapayagan ito ng SM. So, libre yung ginagawang venue. Ang SM naman na project, ay nagsusupport yung pagkakaroon ng mga exhibit tapos mga seminar sinusupport din ng SM tapos yung paligid ng SM nilagyan din nila ng mga parang art structure yung parang mga bas relief sa program venue tapos support yun yung ginagawa ng SM The mall also brought jobs to the area Yung mga iba na halimbawa nagtatrabaho sa SM Taytay or sa ibang lugar So, dito lang sila sa ang uno. So, kumbaga, kung ilan yung empleyado ng SM, meron kaming ano, eh, ordinansa ng kanyang percentage ng nagtatrabaho sa mga company. Dapat, 30% talaga ay mga taga-angono. Kumbaga, naghahatid siya ng, ng employment sa mga taga-angono. And the mall brought something else to angono. Prestige. Parang dati, nung kay Rufa Gutierrez, may movie siya noon na parang, angono, may Starbucks ba doon? Parang gano'n. Parang ngayon, sa ang mga, kung baka parang nagdadagdag sa ng prestige ang SM, ang pagkakaroon ng SM sa mga. He's talking about the 2010 remake of Ishmael Bernal's Working Girls. In that movie, Rufa Gutierrez plays a young widow whose rich husband didn't leave much for her in his will, except for a house in Angono. And the way the line was actually said was, Angono? May Starbucks ba doon? It's not the most flattering representation you could ask for your hometown in a movie. 
But cut to the present, there is a Starbucks in Angono now. And where is it? SM Angono, of course. To sum it up, in all these little ways, SM Angono is not just a mall that happens to be in Angono. Yung tema ng SM na we got it all, parang binabagayan niya yung lugar. So kung ito yung kailangan nyo, ito rin yung gagawin namin. Kasi parang customer namin kayo eh, parang gano'n. Parang yun yung nakikita ko na, o babagay kami sa pangangailangan nyo. Pareho tayo magbe-benetisyo. Malls have been hit by a lot of obstacles in the last decade. E-commerce and the rise of internet shopping have made malls a little less essential to our lives. While they have lots of things available, they can't compete with everything everywhere all at once. But they can adapt and attract people through other means. Malls here in Manila are not the utilitarian malls of the rest of the world. Nope. Malls here have their own attractions like rides, seasonal special events, and draws like the IMAX theater and ice skating rinks. Our malls are adaptable by design. Alam mo mga Pinoy, mahilig sa ano eh, sa yung kapag may bago, pupuntahan. Kaya nga pag may bagong bukas, whether that's a food chain outlet o ano, dahil bago lang, lahat ng andon, tapos ang haba-haba tuloy ng pila. Ganun ng mga Pinoy, ano, at talagang mahilig tayo sa mga bago at mga uso. One of the reasons malls are so important in Filipino society is that they adapt to the times. Malls here are not just one-time, big-time projects. If you want to remain popular, you have to remain relevant. Pero ang na-reinvent ng malls, including SM, nagbabago-bago rin. Ano yung shops, may nadagdag, nagkaroon ng The Block, may Annex. So habang nadadagdagan ng nadadagdagan, gusto mo makita yung mga dagdag na features. Merong dagdag na mga activities. Oh, dito pwede kang mag-archery na, dito pwede kang mag-bowling. So yun, hindi nakakasawa. Siguro isa rin yung karakteristik ng mga Pinoy, mahilig sa uso, pero padali din tayo magsawa. Let's bring back Mr. Stephen Tan because he knows this challenge very well. I remember vividly also Mr. Hansi back in 2004 when I joined SM. He was already talking to me about F&B mix, increasing F&B mix, food and beverage. Back then, he experimented with podium. And then when we opened Mall of Asia, the restaurant mix of Mall of Asia is around 30% of the whole space inventory. Why do you think that we put up a restaurant mix from less than 5% when I joined SM to now? All our malls have more or less around 30% FNB. Because masarap kumain. <laughs> masarap kumain. Well, that's that's an answer. Also, pe- you know, people wanted to meet up together outside the sea restaurant. But Mr. Hans, maybe so that e-commerce is coming. And e-commerce and food is something would always be more delicious if you consume it right then and there. If it's always fresh, it's always... Last night, I had to take out. But I said, how come... My food is not as tasty as when I eat it in the restaurant. Well, that's the answer. Restaurants won't be replaced by e-commerce. Not just SM, but think of any mall. Food is a huge part of our mall culture. Speaking of dining out from inuman to parties to gimmick, 
Filipinos sure love to get together. We have so many words for getting together to just hang out. It can all be traced back to our culture of congregation, which goes back hundreds of years to even before the Europeans came to these islands. Filipinos can't help but get together. In the time of COVID, one of the hardest things to do was keep away from each other, even if we knew it was for our own safety. And now that it's marginally safer, we can go out and spend time together again. This time with a few regulations. But how we've congregated has changed a lot over the years. From town squares and plazas to air-conditioned malls. Pati mga sulok-sulok pupuntahan ng tao. So, yung mga more recent malls will know better. At meron na silang packaging kung paano dadayuhin yung mga certain places such as maglalabay sila ng skating rink who would know that wow, mag-i-skate ang mga Pilipino sa isang mainit na lugar o yun na nga, merong simbahan sa loob ng mall or makakapag-apply ka sa mga government offices renewing your passport, your driver's license in a mall who would have known during the 1970s that it was possible So, tingin ko marami pang endless possibilities ang mga malls of what they can do in the future. Yan, nag-evolve na siya ng nag-evolve. And these malls have been evolving. They have transformed themselves to give Filipinos just what they're looking for. They are a place to be between home and work. They are a place to shop where you can find most things in one place. They are even a place to experience some of the most exciting restaurants. Malls are a one-stop shop for something to do. We have always been social animals looking for a place to congregate and hang out. We used to do this in plazas or public spaces. But now, as those public spaces have been disappearing, we get together in malls. Now it's time for Cuento Corner, something weird and wonderful about this story that we loved. And what could be better than shoes falling from on high like manna from heaven? Yun naman talaga ang role ng SM. At saka, dati, when you buy shoes, tinatawag ba yan? Ano? Ang, ang ingay-ingay niyan, parang palengke. Oh, size 11 dyan! Tapos merong iwag na ganyan. Ano? Hindi yung nakadisplay. <laughs> okay, not really heaven, but from the ceiling at least. During the early days of SM, the stock would be kept in the attic of the building. And if you wanted a pair of shoes, You would tell the salespeople the size and style. And they would fire up the walkie-talkie to radio one of the people in the stockroom. Then they would fish it out and drop it down to the first floor into the arms of the waiting salespeople below. This was the time before computerized logs and tracking. And way before online shopping. But it worked. And everyone else knew exactly what your foot size was. At least they didn't know what your foot smelled like. Class dismissed. Subscribe to WhatsApp, our link Panlipunan Rebooted on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Do you have a favorite memory in the mall? Tell us all about it. Tag us on Twitter at History Rebooted, on Facebook.com slash History Rebooted, and on Instagram at History.Rebooted. Once again, I'm Siege Tantenko, Puma Podcast. I'm on social media at Seech the Day, C-E-E-J the Day, because I think you should seize the day. And I'm Sab Schnabel, Puma Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Sabrina Schnabel. That's S-C-H-N-A-B-E-L. It rhymes with fable. 
This episode of WhatsApp, Araling Palipunan Rebooted, was produced by Nina Toralba and edited by Joe Salcedo and Carl Sayat. Art by Trix Casillian. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.